Everett's greatest hits, sports, and more. KRKO Everett. It's a Thursday night, and it's not windy in downtown Everett. It's Prep Sports Weekly here on KRKO, Everett's Greatest Hits Sports Some More. Tom Lafferty, socially distanced from Steve Willits on the other side of the glass. How are you? It's not windy, and it's not dry, and it's not raining either tonight, which is kind of nice. It's kind of nice out there. Yeah, it's almost like I said, needed an arc to get here tonight. It's been a little crazy lately, but uh, yeah, perfect night. It would have been nice for some sports this evening, but... Uh, since we don't have that, we'll do the next best thing. We'll talk about sports. How does we, that sound? We will. And today's show is brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Everett Safe and Lock, Ace Hardware Stores, and Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, Glass by Lund. Who do we have on the show? I guess I should stop trying to multitask here. I was trying to retweet Ryland Spencer here. Hey, there's a little hint for somebody coming up. But, yeah, on the show tonight, we're going to talk first to Dan Teeter. He is the head football coach and baseball coach for the Lakewood Cougars. He's also a, a member or a board member for the Washington State Football Coaches Association, so we can cover a number of topics with Dan. So we'll talk to him here in just a moment. We're then going to hear from Nasa Choby, member of the 2009 Meadowdale basketball team that made it to the state Final Four, also was a heck of a football player, played college football at Puget Sound where he was a team captain. But nowadays, and this is why we're having NASA on, well, for multiple reasons, but sure. one of the big reasons, he is the executive producer for the Seahawks Radio Network. Okay. Kind of a big-time guy. Yeah, sure. he's a, you hear his name a lot if you listen to uh, Seahawks broadcast, pregame, postgame, some of the shows in, in the middle. He does some podcasting for, uh, for 710 ESPN and other things. So catch up with NASA here in just a moment or in a few minutes, and then we're going to end the show tonight with Ryland Spencer, who we called in from the bullpen. We had a... Last-minute cancellation for some, I think, storm-related things. So called up Ryland from Cascadia Preps. He's willing to jump on with us, so we'll talk about whatever comes to mind. Probably a little high school football in there with him. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, by Everett Safe and Lock, by Ace Hardware Stores. I said that. How about this list? The Buzz In Steakhouse, the law office of Russell Hill, Screen Printing Northwest, and Hometown Handyman. Sponsors like it if you mention them more than less, so I think you did all right. Let's bring on the head <laughs> football and baseball coach, Dan Teeter from Lakewood High School. Coach, the most important thing, are you amongst the 8,475 that still don't have power, or do you have power? Well, I'm kind of in between. I'm actually in my classroom right now because although we were without power for almost 24 hours, it came on last night at about 11.47. But uh, I'm still without Internet. So I'm in my classroom working on a lesson plan because I can't do that from home right now. You know, if you ask most high school students these days, would you rather have power or the internet? They would take internet, right? So, I guess at least with you, Dan, you have a chance. You have a chance to go to school anyway, right? Exactly, exactly. I don't know. I think there's a lot of adults that might take that same thing these days, though. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. You're probably talking to one of them right now. But uh, hey, right? one of the reasons we needed to reach out to you, we're finally getting back to normal a little bit. I mean, obviously, there's a lot that needs to happen still, and. Fingers crossed that we're, we're getting closer and closer all the time. But for the first time in 10 months, you've actually seen some of your uh, your student-athletes this week, right, for both sports. Oh, oh man, it's been so awesome. Yeah, we started out uh, Monday. So we're, we have alternating days for our school. Um, spring sports go Monday and Thursday, and then uh, your your typical winter sports, they, um, they end up getting Wednesday and Saturday. And then so football is a fall sport. We get uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. And so I met with football yesterday, uh, or actually two days ago, and, and then uh, Monday I did baseball. It was the first thing I kicked off. Met with them for the second time tonight. And I'll tell you what, the first night, I mean, you got to meet and go over all the rules on COVID and stuff, so you probably only get a half hour of actually working out. But today, tonight, like you guys said coming on, hey, it's not like windy and rainy. Uh, the sunset was amazing mm -hmm. out there tonight. And uh, so it was so good to be out there and hear the guys and encouraging each other and you know, it's been 10 months, and it's the first time that we've been together in person for anything. And, you know, we're doing it all right. We're masked up. We're socially distanced. Uh, we're following all those rules. And In fact, we don't even get to have any implements, like no bats or balls or gloves or anything right now. It's just working out. But we're hoping after a couple of weeks we might move into actual sport-looking kind of things. So. so when you say just working out, are we talking about conditioning outdoors? What what does that look like? And yeah, you're, you're in yeah, pods uh, also, right? Yeah, pods of six, and the kids can't switch from one pod to another. Um, and so 
I may be running two pods of six, and so I may bring them kind of close to each other, but close is, you know, they're 20 feet apart from each other in their pods, and, and that way I can run them through, you know, cones or ladder drills or those kind of things and burpees and up-downs and, and stuff that may not sound like a lot of fun, but when you haven't been together, we're just thrilled to do it. And so, you know, we're emphasizing ha- having good attitudes and, hey, you know what, this might have sucked in the past, but we can do this together now. Let's, let's love it, right? So um, it's kind of cool to watch just the attitudes of doing things that may be part of the drudgery of the past and just love them doing it. I'm just going to say, I'm guessing the kids get it. They understand what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Well, and as far as just being able to get back together, I mean, psychologically, I think we're all in the same boat, right? I mean, whether you're a high school student, whether you're middle-aged like us or whatever, you know, just being away from so many people that we care about and know so well for so long, to be able to get back into one place at the same time, talk a little bit about that from the psyche standpoint for both the adults and for the, the students. Yeah, you're kind of letting the secret out there. And I think I forgot to answer part of your question. Yes, we're only outdoors. That's part of the deal. Everything is so much. Everybody says safer outdoors. So we're not allowed to do anything indoors. But um, in terms of the psyche and, and so forth, you know, I push um, quite a bit to try and get us to have this opportunity. And uh, just for the social and emotional well-being for the kids, um, underlying thing you don't talk about so much, it's really good for the adults, too. Um, in fact, I was just talking to Monica Rooney, one of our track coaches today, and we were kind of talking about, hey, how was your first day or two? And she's, oh, my gosh, it was so good. And, and then just when it was over, the coaches didn't want to leave. Like, they wanted to talk with each other. And I experienced the exact same thing with my football coaches. Eventually, we had to kind of be like, um, we need to go now, right? And, and so the connections from coach to coach, from coach to player, player to player, uh, that whole thing's amazing. Um, it's a little bit challenging uh, because we're spread out. Like the, the football team, I've got a number of pods, eight different pods of six uh, students, if they're all there, on the football field. And then we have five more pods over on the baseball field. And we only get an hour because then there's another sport coming and going. And so you don't have time to you know, talk long or anything. And you can't meet them all together because you're invading space. So really, I've got three coaches that are on the baseball field, and they will start them there and finish them there. And then I, myself and several other coaches are on the football field. And so we're not coming together to break together. So, But there's at least some adult that's reaching into the lives of each of these kids that are there. And they're connecting with each other. And it's, it's awesome to do that. As far as the restrictions for the time being and what you can and can't do, I know from talking to other coaches, and I, talked to, uh, or I was texting with another coach earlier today from a, another school, a Wesco school, their building is completely shut down right now. They've elected not to let anybody back in. I guess what I didn't find out from him is, is that mandated from the school? Is it from the school district? Is it a state thing right now? Who is putting some of these yeah. COVID precautions in place during these workouts? So that's a really interesting question um, because it, it really, um, throughout this whole process, uh, even if you go back to the old protocols, um, it would be allowable for any district to decide to do the pod work outside in small groups. Um, and so like our Northwest conference that we've been a part of, um, they've been doing that, you know, from the summer on, uh, some of those schools up there actually have had like full, full padded practices and those kind of things. Of course, their numbers were lower than us for COVID. Um, us being the one outlier in that league that's in this, uh, Snohomish County, um, we were more restrictive. And for a long time, there was no schools in Snohomish County that allowed anything. Uh, and then uh, Marysville, Pilchuck, and Getchell, and Arlington, and a few schools started opening up in Sultan. Um, and, uh, and eventually, you know, we just started this week. So, um, but we meet the guidelines, and it really then falls to superintendents and school boards, what they choose to do. Um, and, and there is the freedom to do that at this point. And you kind of uh, hinted at one of my next questions there. You mentioned that the guidelines from the Northwest Conference – We've been reading in the paper as well as hearing from uh, Mark Perry last week, the athletic director from Snohomish. Uh, speculation, and maybe this has changed and you'll give us an update, speculation is that Lakewood might be joining Wesco for the year just throughout to get through the COVID season anyway. Is there an update on that, and how likely is that that you guys might be playing a Wesco schedule? Well, hot off the press, as you Ooh. can hear it here first. Yeah, so um, we just received confirmation today that Lakewood for this season is part of the Wesco Conference. So. Um, that's going to happen. I don't know what our schedule is yet, but we will be joining Wesco. Um, and really that gives about at least three more weeks of decision time to see if sports can go or not. 
whereas the Northwest Conference football practices, they're planning on maybe starting practices in about 11 days on January 25th, and, and we're not ready for that yet. So it helps their conference that we're out. It helps us as a school get a better opportunity to play. So, yeah, we're going to be joining Wesco for this year, and then, and then after that we plan to head back to the Northwest Conference. Now you were originally in the Cascade Conference when you took over the program, so now you've gone Cascade, Northwest, temporarily Wesco. Uh, from your standpoint mm-hmm. and maybe the standpoint of the kids as well, if you want to speak on their behalf, I don't know, but uh, is that an exciting prospect for you? I've got to think it keeps everybody a little closer to home and maybe creates, uh, at least for one year, a, a couple of rivalries within schools from just a few miles away. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we've we never had a chance to play any of the local schools and non-league games. Uh, I've been interested in doing that in the past. It just hasn't worked out. And uh, I know, being a 2A school, some of our kids feel sometimes like they're looked at as a little brother, and, uh, and we want to show, you know what, we can play with you guys. And uh, um, so there is a level of excitement to that. And this might be a one-year chance where we can kind of show ourselves to, uh, you know, what people might think is the big brother, you know, in the neighborhoods around us. So, Definitely it's something we're looking forward to, and, and we hope we get the opportunity to do that. And one other thing we wanted to speak to tonight as well, I mean, we've already mentioned that you're the football coach at Lakewood, you're the baseball coach at Lakewood. You've also served on the executive board for the Washington State Football Coaches Association, and unless something's changed, I believe you're still the District 1 representative. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, and and, uh, and that's been something that has taken up. Uh, we've met more in this, uh, you know, probably six months than we've ever met before. Every couple of weeks, we're we're online on Zooms and we're emailing all all the time, uh, trying to coordinate what's happening around the state. And uh, and really, the same thing is happening in many parts of the state right now, where uh, conferences are taking the WI's permission to do their own thing. And so, you know, depending on what part of the state you look at, some of them are they're all still trying to do a three season plan, but. Some of them have a backup plan of going to two seasons and so forth, which is that's part of Wesco's plan. If the, the three-season plan doesn't work out, um, then they'll, they'll bump it to two seasons and still play every sport, um, but there will be more overlap. So, like, And I'm not necessarily, I'll be honest, not excited about the fact that maybe wrestling and basketball and football all, all be there during the same season, especially as a smaller school in population size. We count on a lot of kids that are two-sport athletes. So I really hope we don't go that way and we can get the three-sport uh, season in but you know what that still gives people the chance to play and then ultimately west coast plan is uh, if neither of those two work out they at least want to protect the spring sport because those are the kids who didn't get a season last year and we don't want to see kids lose half of their whole high school career right so uh, yeah that's the plan at this point well and especially since i think you've been the the baseball coach now for what 15 16 months and have yet to coach a game I'm right <laughs> what's yeah, it undefeated. undefeated yeah there you go <laughs> all of favor yep. Yeah, keep, exactly. Keep that up, Coach, and you will be going into the Hall of Fame. I, unfortunately, you won't win very many games either, though. But, uh, hey, true. Dan, yeah. as always, we appreciate your time and, and the updates. And uh, like you mentioned before, balancing two sports, too, and we should mention as things stand right now, you're going to go f- straight from one sport to the other. There's no buffer period there for you this year. If, foot, if it stands as we – as it's currently scheduled, you're going to go straight from football to baseball. So no, uh, no rest for you. Uh, and meanwhile, you're still a teacher as well. So uh, keep up the great work, and thanks for coming on with us tonight. Hey, I appreciate it. And Steve and Tom, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. And thank you again so much for all you do to support uh, our athletes and, and high school sports. You bet. There you go. Dan Teeter, baseball and football coach at Lakewood High School. And executive board member and history teacher and father. I know he's an elder at his church. He's, what, he's a busy guy. What's he doing he in a, his spare time? He, he had a podcast going on this summer, so I know I, I don't know. I'm sure his wife Rachel and the family occasionally sees him, but uh, yeah, he's one of the great guys from around here too. Always a pleasure to talk to him and I know he's been on that executive board for quite some time now and I think part of the reason is because he just does such a fantastic job. Nobody wants to step in and let him go, so we'll we'll see how long that goes. But uh, yeah, hopefully, like Dan mentioned, I mean, it might be some, there might be some sacrifices. We might have to pair sports this year that normally some athletes would play both. But hey, if it's better than not playing anything at all, right? I guess we'll take it. Yep. But uh, yeah, for the kids' sake, I hope they can still do that. But we'll see. Stay tuned. So we're going from the Lakewood Cougars to the Meadowdale Mavericks. Meadowdale Mavericks, class of two thousand nine. Uh, NASA Chobe coming up next. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network. There you go. Prep Sports Weekly continues right here on KRKO.
Ace Hardware is a helpful place with prompt, friendly service, knowledge, and the little things that make a big difference. Service. Selection. Advice. Community involvement. Competitive prices. Convenience. Located near you. And the things you need, such as... House keys. Lawn and garden. Plumbing. Electrical. Hardware. Grills. Outdoor living supplies. And even nuts and bolts. When you visit Ace Hardware, you'll be greeted at the door and given the help you need. So come visit us at Ace Hardware in Evergreen Way in Everett, Lake Stevens, and now Stanley. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Now you can have easy access to Everett's greatest. The songs that are fun to sing along with. And maybe you want a steak dinner. Just download the free KRKO mobile app right now. Sign up or log in on the contest page. And you're automatically entered to win a $50 gift card to the Buzz In Steakhouse. Each Friday morning, Tim Hunter will award a winner. The all-new KRKO mobile app. In your phone app store now. Justice is easy if you know what to do. Call 800-LAW-0842. The Law Offices of Russell and Hill are proud sponsors of the KRKO Prep Sports Student Athlete of the Month. These student athletes have demonstrated excellence on the field of play and in the classroom. Russell and Hill believes in being part of your community and salutes those who give the extra effort. Russell and Hill will fight for you. Hi, I'm Brian Reed. As your local Allstate agent, providing protection that fits your life is something I take, well, personally. I am committed to learning about your needs and personalizing protection to meet them. From bundling your auto, home, and life insurance with ease to evaluating optional coverage based on your protection needs, I can build an insurance proposal that fits your life. Are you in good hands? Contact me, Brian Reed, at either of my Everett locations, 425-337-4646. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Life insurance offered through Allstate Life Insurance Company and Allstate Assurance Company, Northbrook, Illinois, and American Heritage Life Insurance Company, Jacksonville, Florida. School is back in session, and the hometown handyman in Monroe gives a big salute to all the student-athletes out there prepping for the most unique season we've ever seen. So whether you're from Monroe or Lake Stevens, Snohomish, or anywhere, really, Hometown Handyman salutes your hard work and dedication. The Hometown Handyman, proud to support local sports and happy to give back to the local community. Find out more info at hometownhandymanpnw.com. Again, hometownhandymanpnw.com. Brenda Cook here from Pacific Copy and Printing in Everett. We've been serving Snohomish and surrounding counties for over 38 years. Many customers have been with us for years because of our competitive pricing and outstanding service. We do business cards, banners, posters, signs, brochures, and so much more. We'll give you a free competitive analysis of all your printing needs to save you time and money. We are proud sponsors of our local sports teams and community events. We're at 35th and Broadway in Everett and online at packcopy.com. Pacific Copy and Printing. We do the work. You take the credit. And Prep Sports Weekly continues here on this Thursday night here on KRKO. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. Well, Steve, are you running a stopwatch? we got a radio guy on. We do. He, he knows we have a tendency he, well, to go not long. Only, not only is he a radio guy, he, he really knows what he's doing. He he does this for a living, Tom. Uh-oh. Well, I guess you do in a way, too, but not, yeah. not on this level for what he does here. Do you like the Seattle Seahawks? I do like the Seattle Seahawks. Let's talk a little Seahawk football, amongst other things, because obviously he has a connection to Snohomish County, or we wouldn't have him on the show with us right now. Former Meadowdale multi-sport athlete, and a darn good one at that, played a little football at Puget Sound. Now he's the executive producer for the Seahawks Radio Network. NASA Chobi, how are you tonight? I'm great, Steve. What an introduction. We, hey, uh, you I know, feel so important. You, well, the title sounds impressive. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, NASA, having you on tonight, I wish we weren't talking to you. And, and that's no disrespect to you because I think the world of you, I just wish we were doing this like three or four weeks from now. I wish you were swamped with work right now. Unfortunately, the Rams had other uh, plans last week. Yeah, man, it's, it's it's disappointing, man. I like I echo your, your same words. I wish we were talking in February, and I was telling you after a parade, and then we're gonna have a fun conversation. But you know, the the Rams had other ideas, man. It's uh, it's really tough to see the year end the way it did, especially because this team broke so many records offensively. You win twelve games, you win the NFC West the first time since twenty sixteen, and unfortunately, man, that's why they play the games, man. You line up, and unfortunately. 
99 was a problem for the Rams. And, um, <laughs> they, they played well. It just sucks that it happened at this time of the year because this team was so talented. They, they had the tools to, to go to the next level, I think, to make a real run. So it's disappointing. It kind of is what it is. It doesn't take away from what they did this year with COVID and everything going on. So incredibly disappointed, proud of how the team played. But, yes, to your point, I wish we were talking about after a fun win in Tampa and getting another ring. But until next year, 2021, this year has been a whole thing. So it is what it is. We're going to move forward, but just disappointing. So coming out of Metterdale, were you a Chief or a Maverick? Oh, he's a young guy. You're not even close. I'm, or, <laughs> <laughs> being, being a graduate of 2009, I am, I am a young guy, thanks, Chief. Um, well, yeah, compared to who you're talking to right now. <laughs> We got a few years on you. I, I, I used to play against the Chiefs many, many yeah. times. Oh, so yeah. That was a different story. <laughs> hey, uh, before we start to get into some of the other topics, obviously the one that's kind of ear-catching is the Seahawks t- uh, title that we already mentioned. What exactly is an executive producer for the Seahawks radio state network? I'm sure you have your elevator speech down. You've been asked this millions of times, right? So fill us in. What, do you, what exactly is your job? Yeah, so uh, my job kind of, I wear a lot of hats in the organization. So um, I manage a lot of radio interviews with our players. So I line up a lot of stuff with our PR department um, on game day. I produce our pre and post game show as well as the halftime. So we were on for three hours before the game, three hours after the game. So I'm kind of the one in the driver's seat for that. You know, I, I, I produce the show, so I get all the talent, the rundowns and things that they need to talk about. Um, so that's my role on game day. Um, and throughout the week, I produce two other shows uh, on uh, our flagship station, 710 ESPN. Um, I produce the huddle and an evening show called Hawks Live. Same kind of deal where I line up player interviews. Uh, we talk to opposing broadcasters. Um, we talk to coaches, things like that, kind of getting the 12s and everyone ready for, for game day. And then outside of that, I manage our radio network. We got 68 affiliates from Washington, Oregon, uh, Montana, Alaska, all the way down to Hawaii. So I, I manage that, and uh, I work, work with our distributors to make sure everyone gets on the satellite and people can hear Seahawks football throughout the, the Pacific Northwest and, and down to Hawaii. And I, like I said, I do a lot of player interviews, um, things with PR. So I do podcasts for our um, digital team. So I wear a lot of hats. It's, it's a fun gig. It's very busy. It's, it's been a busy last seven months, so I'm kind of looking forward to despite the end-season results to relax a little bit, but no, it's a, it's a, it's a great gig, man. I, I, I line up coaches, interviews, things like that. So it's a, uh, the guys keep me busy. I'll say that. So where are you on game day? Are you at the stadium? Are you back at the studio? You're obviously, you're, you're wearing a lot of hats. You're shuffling around all these moving parts. Yeah. So on, on game day, um, 2020 was like no other year before, but in a normal season, um, I'm there, I'm at the stadium for every home game. And then road games, I'm typically in the studio, uh, but we'll travel for postseason games typically. Um, so then our whole radio crew will travel for road games. And then this year, 2020, we didn't travel to any road games, including our play-by-play, just because of COVID-19 and this pandemic we're living through. So we we worked every single game from Lumen Field this year, and our play-by-play called the game off TV monitors, which was a whole different kind of challenge looking at that and watching the all-22 feed versus the broadcast feed. So it was definitely interesting this year. So I'm hoping for, come 2021, that we'll be broadcasting from Lumen Field again, but just with fans in the stands. So give us a little insight. I mean, because we think of some of the veterans you work with, Steve Rabel, Dave Wyman, you've got Jen Mueller, uh, Jessamyn McIntyre, John Clayton, on and on. We're gonna get, I'm leaving one guy off the list in particular, in a mo- and we'll get to him in a moment because we're going to have a little fun with that one. But so many great veterans and, and just the, the dynamic of that staff, I mean, in terms of their knowledge, their skill sets, um, just how professional they are. are. Are they as great as we seem to think they are? Because what we hear over the airwaves, they're phenomenal. Are, is it a fun group to work with? Oh, it's an incredibly fun group to work with. I mean, I, it's my job to keep them all on the rails a little bit. So <laughs> I deal with them in that sense. But, no, they're, they're all consummate professionals. I mean, Steve Rabel and Dave Lyman, they've been doing this for a long time. Steve Rabel's only missed a couple games in the history of the Seahawks. So he's whether he was a player, whether he was a broadcaster, he's been around for it all. Dave Lyman played for the Seahawks, a uh, great linebacker, 92. 
and has been back in Seattle for a long time. So they've been around it so much. And Jen's a constant professional. I mean, she's been doing this forever, whether it's Seahawks or Mariners. And then the rest of the guys I get to work with, they're all former players and stuff like that. So it's, it's really cool. I'm really blessed because I get to work with a lot of talented people with so much experience to draw from because as a broadcaster, uh, when you're talking about the game, we want to know the why part, right? So Steve will let us know. Steve will tell us what's happening. He'll dial everything up, hit you with all the great calls, the holy catfishes, all that stuff. And then we'll wind in and the rest of us. We, we need to tell you why it happened. We need to lean on your experience because that's why you're an analyst, right? So I want to hear about your experience and tell us why things happen and what you saw. And I think the the level of just experience between our from our pregame throughout the broadcast, we have a off, former offensive lineman, Ray Roberts. We have forward defensive back and coach with Paul Moyer. Michael Bumpus was played receiver for the Seahawks, has also been a coach locally. So we have so much depth of knowledge. It's great to work with because I get to just kind of nerd out, get him all of the, the statistical things they need to put in front of them, and then just roll the ball out there and, and let them go to work and tee them up and put them in the best uh, position to, to put out a good product, and they deliver every week. Well, and you have all these veteran broadcasters, and then you got that rookie, Michael Bumpus. <laughs> we got to give him a hard time up here, obviously. You're, of course we do. Monroe Bearcats, he's been a regular on the show for, for quite a few years. We love Bump up here. What's it like working with him? He, I mean, he just seems like he's getting – Better and better as the uh, the season progresses, and uh, just it's always fun for us to listen to him because we know him. But uh, how has that been for you to, to get a chance to work with him? And obviously, a great football player in his own right. Yeah, no, Bump's great. Um, any success that Michael Bumpus has, you can attribute to me. <laughs> <laughs> we like so, to take credit here for all the post game interviews that we've done with him. But course, I mean, that's I just mean, my, my I mean, where would Michael anyway. Bumpus be without the three of us? You know I like to think, no. you know, shoving a microphone in front of his face after a bad loss to Sumner in a playoff game, you know, when he has to keep his composure. I mean, oh, Bump, I know he's listening, no. right? I hope so. <laughs> no, I think, honestly, you know, you know Bump is great. I think, it, I think, as you guys know, he turned around a Monroe program that wasn't winning a lot of games when I was playing and even back then. And now they, they're, a, they go to state every year. They're a really good program. He left them in really good hands. And uh, he takes that same kind of dedication and drive that got – you know, what he did on the football field to the broadcasting career. I mean, he does so much for us, whether it's on game day, he, he hosts a podcast, he does a film breakdown every week, he hosts other events for corporate partners. He's just kind of a do-it-all kind of Swiss Army knife for the Seahawks in terms of the digital media and broadcasting world. So it's great to work with Mump, and it's fun. Um, our whole crew came down as last year at Monroe and went to a couple games. So it was fun to kind of share that with him because he just he meant so much to the – the Bearcat family, but uh, no, Bump's great. Uh, like I said, I'll continue to take credit for my man's success. <laughs> but no, he's 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 a student of the game, and uh, it's fun to work with him. We've become really good friends. So hope that continues for a long time, unless he gets too big and one of these other TV networks steals him away from us. I was going to say we hope that doesn't happen, but if that's what he wants, we'd certainly be open. But, yeah, definitely a talented guy all around. Now let's talk a little more about you for a second here. Back in your Meadowdale days, back in your Puget Sound days, is this where you were foreseeing yourself being in 10 years? Or what, what was the goal for you ultimately? And how are you feeling in terms of that? Because obviously the, the title in itself, it's very impressive. And you're doing a heck of a job. So what, what was the uh, the end game goal for you initially? Well, for me, God, I just knew I wanted to work in sports, right? And I knew I wasn't going to be playing after Saturdays. That wasn't in my future. So I just knew I wanted to work in sports. And initially I, I wanted to uh, – I thought I wanted to be an on-air talent. And, you know, be on SportsCenter was kind of what I thought, but I didn't really know. So I started, you know, I, I, I interned at a radio station, news and, and sports, and then I worked for the Mariners for a little bit. And then I moved to Houston and worked for the Astros for a little bit before coming back and taking the Seahawks gig. So I knew I wanted to work in sports, but once I kind of got into the radio side of things, I knew I was more of a behind-the-scenes guy. And uh, it's just so being able to go to practice every day and to be around the guys, it's definitely where I want to be and it's uh it's a blessing honestly like every every season is really hard to end but then sometimes you take a step back and be like I can't believe I'm doing this this is a team I grew up rooting for um and to be be around guys and people that I idolized back in the day it's it's a it's really cool and Seahawks got a great organization and they take care of everybody pretty well so like circling back to your question I knew I wanted to work in sports didn't know what I wanted to do and kind of as I got my feet wet and a bunch of stuff I knew this radio thing is it's, it's probably my gig and it's it's been fun. 
we got to have a little fun with you in this one, too. You mentioned the Houston Astros. I won't, I won't mention garbage cans, I promise. But <laughs> Astros, was your, yeah, right. Astros was your job prior to uh, coming back to Seattle, getting called home. You, uh, you had a moment of infamy, if you will, while with the Astros. You made national news at one point. Tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess it was Mother's <laughs> Day 2016. You, you had a, a, a J.T. Snow, Darren Baker moment, for those who might remember the 2002 World Series when Dusty Baker's four-year-old son ran yep. out right in front of home plate and – had to be grabbed before the uh, the next player came around to score a run. So tell us about your moment. Yeah, that was uh, so. Just <laughs> I'll try to the tear short the version down yeah. a little bit. <laughs> but essentially, what happens is with the Astros, we we let kids come on the field. We call it kids' club takeover. They get to take the field with the players, right? So you have all these little kids. They get to go out to every position, and the player signs their shirt. And they run off, and then first pitch goes. And normal thing, Steve. You know about these kind of things. It's supposed to run nice and smooth. Well, this day I was not in charge of choosing the kids. So typically my rule is I don't want to choose a kid who's too young because once you get out there, there's all these noises. They can get confused and lost or whatever. But anyway, I didn't get to choose. There's one little child who was probably too young to be out there, but, hey, we're 10 minutes from first pitch. These are the kids we have. So I'm doing my best to tell them, hey, come right back to me when this happens, blah, blah, blah. So I put the youngest kid at third base because that was the closest I could physically be to him once we sent them out. Well, Luis Valbuena, which some people in, around here will remember that name, um, he was the Astros third baseman that day. And he was used to how they used to do things in previous years well. So he signs a kid's shirt, and he points towards the Astros dugout, which is on the first base side. So once he points there, the kid just takes off. Meanwhile, the starting pitcher is going through his oh. routine before the game, and we're right before first base. So he's, he's throwing for real now, right? He's about to throw down to second base. Like, it's at that point. And I'm standing there, and I see this kid take off towards home plate. And I pause for a second. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, my God, this kid's going to get hit. Like, this is going to be all my fault. So, like, I start running out there, and I get close. And I, I try to make eye contact with the starting pitcher. I think it was Colin McHugh that day. And I was like, well, if he doesn't see me, I'm going to have to dive in front of this kid and just wear a fastball on the back. <laughs> that's what's going through my mind and I get close enough and he finally sees me so he kind of hitches up and I grab the kid as we go across home plate and I'm just like my everyone on headsets like what the heck's going on down there and I'm like give me a moment I'll tell you later and literally as I was walking off because I used to work for the Mariners for whatever reason Root Sports Northwest was was rolling during that time and I just talked to Dave Sims and Aaron Goldsmith in the booth before the game so it happens to be caught on Seattle's broadcast, so they replay it on TV, and then my phone just explodes. People are like, <laughs> what's going on? And, and Dave Sims goes, yeah, Nassachobe used to work for the Mariners, pulling a J.C. Snow as he saves a young man from getting it. It was a, it was a whole thing, and I definitely got some uh, unwanted notoriety, but it, was, it turned out to be a good story. No, absolutely. USA Today, amongst others, I know you got a lot of national exposure. So a, a fun story and a, a happy ending in that nobody got hurt. So that's always a plus. Yeah. And now, yeah. hey, we, we can't have you on here without talking a little Meadowdale sports. So you graduated sports. from Meadowdale, class of 2009, you said, right? Yep. Pretty darn good athlete. And I actually have some intel from one of your former teammates. You might have known I was oh, going to no. do this. Yeah, Roger O'Neill might have helped me out here a little of bit. Of course. So, so we got we to talk basketball first. I heard you're, you're kind of the Michael Jordan of Meadowdale. I mean, as a senior – you end up starting for a team that goes to the Tacoma Dome and makes it to the Final Four, yet it didn't go so smoothly your sophomore year. But Chad McGuire cut you, right? That is, that's 100% true. I'm so thankful that Roger and you Ro Ro Roger's very story. helpful this to the great. show. He's, he's a friend of ours here at KRK. <laughs> of course, a friend of the show, current head basketball coach. I met it all. No, yeah, it's true. I, uh, it, was, it was a good story. I mean, I didn't necessarily have the end success Michael had. <laughs> but, no, I got – it was – you know, we, we had a really deep program, and Meadowdale had a really good basketball program at the time, and I was told I wasn't good enough, and I didn't, I didn't make the team as a sophomore, and then I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm just going to focus on this football thing, which I was better at, and, and then I ended up growing and kind of developing a little bit and came back and got back into the program, and yeah, we had a special, we had a special year. I, I, if you would have told me after I got cut that I was going to start every year, or start every game on a team that went to the semifinals and lost to a nationally ranked Franklin team, I would have told you were crazy. But it kind of just happened that way. I was persistent. No one was gonna no one was gonna outwork me. But what I will say was I was kinda I was the fifth starter, right? I was the guy, I was super athletic, I could dunk a basketball, I could do all that stuff. Wasn't the most skilled. 
So I was definitely the football player on the basketball court. For a lot of you guys out there listening, I'm sure everyone knows who that is, and that's who I was. So I looked good coming off the bus. But uh, <laughs> did, did just enough. I would guard the other team's best player. I'd get all the rebounds. They were never calling plays for me. But, hey, you know what? Once you know your role and you, and you step up, we had a really good run. We had a great team. Roger O'Neill was great for us that year. Once he kind of learned to pass the ball, he's kind of a ball hog to start the year because he was the only one with all this varsity experience. So I just want to throw that out there. And once he kind of, once Chad kind of convinced him to, you know, share the love, uh, things got a lot better for us that year. And uh, we made a decent run. We were West Coast champs, uh, won the district, and, and went to state. And it was it was a hell of a run. We still, we still talk about that that team all the time. It's it's, uh, it's a good uh, good memory. Give us the names of some of the other guys, some of your teammates on that team. A future NFL yeah. on that team, too. Yeah, we have another guy. His name's Connor Hamlin, who went to Oregon State and played in the National Football League, caught a touchdown against the New England Patriots. Ham was in, instrumental to our success that year because it was, it was really, honestly, all jokes aside, it was the Roger and Ham show for us that year. Um, we had a good starting five, and we weren't super deep, but those, those two were amazing. And obviously, Ham rewrote all the record books for men basketball in terms of a big guy and scoring and everything. And the next year, they went back to state, and he was a huge part of that and <laughs> kept it going to Oregon State and to the NFL. And he re- most recently played for the Dragons uh, XFL out here in Seattle. Um, Ham's a great dude. He's a, he's a father now. He's got a couple of babies at home, but he was a he was a hell of an athlete for sure. And Roger anchored stuff, and we everyone kind of just knew their role. Those those two guys were going to score the basketball, and we were going to play really good defense. I mean, we set a ton of school records. We were the best defensive team that Metodel basketball has ever had. Um, Give us the other starters. Teams. Yeah, so the other starters, so College Sir was our starting point guard. Uh, Chris Larson was our other starting forward, and, along with myself and. Us five, I mean, Collard was the shortest guy on the team, and he was six foot. And I was small forward. I was six, I was six three, and you had Connor Hamlet, six seven. Uh, Chris Larson was, you know, six 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 seven. Uh, Roger O'Neill was like six four. So we were big, and we were physical, and we we were really good. We just suffocated teams. I mean, Glacier Peak was new that season. They were still pretty good, and those teams when we went up against us, we held them. Shoot, we held Shortcrest one game to twenty one points. I mean, pre-shot clock, but we were just good. We were so good defensively, and Chad McGuire is one of the best coaches out there, definitely a legend in Snohomish County, and he had us right. Dean Wiley was assistant coach, and we just we suffocated people, and we executed on offense. It was a really fun – it's fun to look back at it just because every time I go back to the stable at Metadell and I look up there and I see, I see that 2009 West Coast Champs uh, in our state run, it's fun to reminisce. Well, you had a nice football career, too. We also mentioned that you were a – not only a player at Puget Sound, but you also were a team captain there eventually as a safety. Your Maverick days, what, two-year starter at safety? And uh, tell us a little bit about some of your highlights there. I know uh, Roger, of course, also doing another solid for us here, did mention that you dropped a pick six against O'Day in the state quarterfinals. So I don't know if that's something I, I, wanna... I knew that was going to come up. <laughs> I knew, I knew he's he's a good friend, he... isn't he? Isn't he, Nassie? He's a great friend because we, only re- we always remember our worst moments. And because it's Rogers, my great friend, I won't talk about his performance on the baseball diamond and why Metadel fell short his senior year going back to Seiko <laughs> for the third year because a certain pitcher had an absolute meltdown um, in the district playoffs. Anyway, we're not talking do, about Do you that. want me to read the, the scouting report here verbatim off the fo- – here we go. He, was a he- I'll, I'll clean up part of it. Was a heck of a player. Starting safety for two years, both really good teams. He was a very smart player and an enforcer for the DBs. But maybe ask about the drop pick six in the state quarterfinals, and then he says, maybe ask if there's a reason he didn't also play wide receiver. Oh wow, shots fired! Okay, <laughs> he's calling out my hands. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> yes, I did. It was we were O'Day was a really good team. Listen, they came in, they came up to Edmond Stadium, and we were super jacked up. We were playing this team. They had a ton of studs, a bunch of D1 guys. And uh, we held them for about a drive, and then this guy named Jordy Fogerson who just went nuts. So we ended up getting we ended up getting whooped, but we were down twenty one nothing. And I was not even I wasn't even supposed to be in the position I was in. I was kind of cheating up because we were getting beat by so much. And they just, they throw a quick screen, and I happened to step in front of it, and I dropped it. I dropped it like a, several times before it hit the turf. It would have been a pick six. And I just remember laying in there, looking up at the lights at Edmond Stadium, being like, "Wow, that was." 6,000 people there, standing room only. It was, it was unreal. Uh, one of my lower moments, but I will say some of the better times was 
just being, I mean, we were, we, we went to state both years, went to quarterfinals in 2007. We went to state playoffs the next year. Um, we had a great defense. AJ Carroll was another good guy on our defense. Um, Connor Hamlin, who I mentioned earlier, was our tight end for us. Najee Moore Taylor was a great running back. Sam Warner was on that football team. Cameron Bear, uh, Matt McDonough. We had, we had some, we had some ballers on that team. Uh, Taylor Brandon, we had a ton of guys and, uh, it was fun, man. I think I think it showed how good we were. We had a great coaching staff, uh, Mark Stewart, who's over at Mariner now, but he had a really good program when we were there, and we just we beat people, man. We it was my favorite moment from that 2008 years. Edmonds Woodway was in, it was a huge power at the time. The Westville Conference was one of the best conferences in the state when I was in high school. Oak Harbor won a state championship. Uh, Edmonds Woodway went to the semifinals two straight years. Uh, Marin was super good. Kamiak was super good. So every single game in Westco was a dogfight because back when I played, it was it was 3A, 4A, but there wasn't a Westco. The Westco 3A came in my senior year, but up until that point, we were all in the same league, and all those guys were good. Jackson had Taylor Cox, um, the Herd brothers from Edmonds Woodway. Uh, you had all these different guys, Justin Glenn from Kamiak, all these Division One athletes, and it was a dogfight every single every single Friday night. We did a lot of good things. We were fortunate enough, like I said, to go to the state. Um, both years I was there, I was a part of a good defense. It was fun. Um, <laughs> despite Rogers' comments about my hands, I was all, I was first team all West Hill, and I was an all area player as well. I got to play in the, the state, uh, the all state game uh, down there at Everett Memorial, which is really, really great memory in my uh, as I look back on it. So. No, I, I had a really great time. Learned from the best between Stewart and Coach Hummel, who's our defensive coordinator, and and we went on the top. We went out beating Emma's Woodway, our, our hated rival, so that was really fun. Uh, beat Kamiak that year as well. But no, it was good. It's it, it's fun thinking about this stuff because every time I go to Edmond Stadium or any anywhere down there, whether it's at Goddard or Memorial or wherever it is, there's a lot of memories that flood back. So it was a uh, we had a really good time, and uh, I, I feel good about it. And go Mavs and. Roger O'Neill, when I talk to you next time, we'll make sure to rehash your last <laughs> outing on the baseball diamond and why you weren't tough enough to play football. Because I don't know if you guys remember, Roger didn't play football. So True story. That's, yeah. I'll leave that there. Definitely. Well, fun to reminisce about Meadowdale. One final question before we let you go here real quick. Also wanted to make sure you had a chance to mention this because I know when I look on your social media content, this often is something that is brought up and it's near and dear to your heart. You've done a lot with a foundation that uh, does some some great work for folks in Uganda. What uh, what is it about that particular foundation? And maybe give us some details if anybody wants to get in- involved in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, so it's the Kamu Kamu Learning Foundation, uh, spelled K A or K A M U K A M U dot org. And uh, no, we do a lot of really good things. Um, my uncle started the foundation. Um, I was the only person in my family that was born in, in the States. My entire family is from Uganda. So the organization is about uh, funding these really underfunded schools in Uganda and getting them all the education that they need, getting them all their books, getting them everything that they need, things that we take for granted up here, whether it's books, whether it's helping with teacher housing, whether it's helping with all this stuff. And we work really hard to get kids um, involved and get the education they need. So if anyone wants to jump in or, or help, uh, you can go to our website. It's kamukamulearningfoundation.org. So that's K-A-M-U-K-A-M-U, learningfoundation.org. And uh, we do a lot of really good work. And um, hoping once this pandemic kind of passes, we get to have another benefit auction, which we did in 2019, raised $35,000. Really fun event. And like I said, we, we help so many kids, and it's rural Uganda. So we're talking about places where you have to take three boats just to get to the village. And that's where my family grew up. So really near and dear to my heart. And um, we work really hard to, to help even during this pandemic, we're always accepting uh, donations 24 seven. So anything that anyone could do to help, if you go to common, common learning foundation.org um, you can, there's a donate button. You can kind of learn about the things we do in the community. So it's a, I appreciate you bringing that up, Steve, because like you said, it's near dear to my my heart, my family, and we're really passionate about giving back and giving to people that don't have the opportunities that we take for granted here in the state. So it's a fun, it's a really good organization. We're hoping in 2021 we can get back to having some in-person events, trying to raise money, but it's a great, it's a great cause. It's a great thing. So common, common learning foundation.org. And, uh, 
you want to learn about the organization or if you want to donate, you can go there. All right, NASA Chobie, once again, the executive producer for Seahawks Radio Network, graduate of Meadowdale. NASA, let's catch up next year, say 13 months from now after the Super Bowl and talk about the parade. What do you say? What do you think? Can't wait. I will, I'll, I'll be your first call. Put it in my calendar right now. Can't wait to catch up after we get fitted for my ring next season. <laughs> Love it. There we go. NASA Chobie, thank you very much. There we go, and we will come back and talk with Ryland Spencer right here on Prep Sports Weekly. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits right here on KRKO. At Glass by Lund, if there's one thing they've learned over the past 40 years, it's that supporting the local community is very important. That's why they're huge supporters of Wesco High School sports, especially this year. It doesn't matter when the season starts. It doesn't matter the score. Class by Lund supports high school sports 100%. And if you need support with windows, shower doors, or skylights, residential or commercial, remember, since 1967, Glass by Lund has been here to serve in your community. To find out more, visit glassbylund.com. If you're looking for a place that prints anything for any team, the place to go is Screen Printing Northwest on Colby Avenue in downtown Everett. They're the local experts for custom screen printing and embroidery. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, coats, you name it, they can do it. Screen Printing Northwest has been locally owned since 1996, and they're the official screen printer of this radio station. Screen Printing Northwest, 2526 Colby Avenue, just north of Everett Avenue in downtown Everett. Go Cougs! Happy New Year, City of Snohomish. And you know what that means. It's time to fire up your search engines and nail down your resolutions. Find workouts, recipes, and really anything you want with blazingly fast fiber internet. And when you get sidetracked by videos totally unrelated to your goals, it's all good because Ziply Fiber doesn't have data caps. Want to find out where Ziply Fiber is available in your neighborhood? Visit ZiplyFiber.com and use the interactive map to explore. The Buzz Inn's always been there for you with a great deal on a great meal. And during these most recent restrictions, the Buzz Inn wants you to know that they're still there for you with to-go meals seven days a week from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. You can still get hand-cut Angus steaks, chicken, seafood, burgers, sandwiches, and all-day breakfast for pickup. So put down those pots and pans and pick up the phone and call ahead for pickup at the Buzz Inn. The menu is online at buzzinsteakhouse.com. The Buzz Inn, always a great deal on a great meal. And Prep Sports Weekly continues on this Thursday night. Tom Lafferty along with Steve Willits. We're going to the bullpen tonight. We're going to the pen? We're going to the pen. We had a little issue earlier. We had a, a guest that we were hoping to get on with us, and one thing led to another. I know there's been a lot of issues with power outages and whatnot, so at 4 o'clock we were, uh, we were without a guest, and I thought, who's our go-to? Yes. Go, to the, go to the right-hander. Go to the closer, Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps. Ryland, in a pinch, we know where to call. Yeah, I think you know this at this stage of my career, I'm probably more of a, a you know a, a knuckleballer like a Charlie Huff or something. But uh, just yeah, you know, I'm always willing to fill in. I don't you know. Come, it, come in and throw junk. That's all you got to do. Get out. Junk ballers don't normally close though, so we'll we'll see how this goes. I have a feeling that uh, you you've got more than just junk balls to throw at us. So we're I think we're in good shape. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Well, now are you in an NHL induced coma right now or a trance or how how is this working? Because I know you're a big fan. I I'm guessing you're watching a little TV tonight. I am. I'm actually sitting here in my office. I've got uh, I've got the work computer on the right, and I've got uh, the Sling TV going here with watching uh, Vegas and, and Anaheim right now. I, Boston played earlier tonight, so I watched that one and got got a nice little uh, three-two uh, shootout win. So uh, I'm I'm a happy camper tonight. Yeah, I was going to say Ryland Spencer, a big Boston Bruins fan, and uh, before we talk high school sports, I'd be remiss if I don't ask, what's the NHL Stanley Cup prediction? Who's playing? Who's winning? Well, clearly it's Boston going to win it all. Uh, no, you know, I don't know. There's some good teams. I think I think the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning did a really good job of being able to keep most of their core. So I would, I hate to say it, but I got a hard time seeing um, anybody other than Tampa Bay. I mean, they've got the best goalie in the league. They've got probably the best defenseman in the league, and they've got some of the best forwards in the league. So as long as they can stay healthy, especially if they get to the playoffs, which I'd be surprised if they don't. They'll get uh, Nikita Kucherov back, and if they get him back, look out. That's a yeah. So let me write this down. That's probably Tam who I'm picking. Tampa's winning, and they're playing who? 
Uh, well, it's, it's kind of hard to tell because the way the playoffs are going to work this year, you don't really know who's coming from the other side. So, you know what, I'll just say Boston, and uh, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just have to be happy with second place. Okay. And I guess one more hockey question. I can't believe we're doing this, but do you change allegiances next year? Allegiances to, to who, you're, uh, who you're cheering for? The Kraken are coming. Absolutely. There's no way. It's just not happening. Not, uh, I'll go to a Kraken game, and I'm, you know, I, if, if somebody's got tickets or something, then I'll wear maybe some Kraken stuff. Actually, I'll, honestly, I'll probably wear Thunderbird stuff. But uh, when Boston comes to town, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all go on Boston. And, yeah, I don't know that you'll see me, you know, go against the Kraken, but, um, unless they're playing Boston. But I'm not going to – no, there's no way. If, if you're a fan of a team for, the, you know, for your whole life, there's no way you switch allegiances just because your your home city gets one. No, I don't see that. Can't cheer for the Kraken, can't cheer for the Silver Tips. I don't know about you, Ryland, but oh well. Let's talk <laughs> hey, high school I live sports. Half, like, halfway <laughs> between the Silver Tips and the Thunderbirds. And we've, we've so, tried and we've tried to recruit you. We we bring you up here. I don't hear any Kent radio stations bringing you on, but you know. No. Try no, try to do what we can. Definitely don't do that. <laughs> well, let's talk a little high school football, shall we? Um, I, yeah. I'm, tr- I'm still trying to figure out what this says about me because I, I'm thinking it somewhat says that I'm pathetic and it. Also says that I care about what's going on in the high school sports scene, but I saw some news come across the uh, Twitter yesterday, and I actually my jaw dropped. I didn't expect to see this. Cole Williver, and we're not going to talk Wesco football yet, but this is kind of a big, big story on the uh, the state front. Freshman football player from Kennedy Catholic, generally considered to be the what the top quarterback in the nation for the class of 2024 right now. It sounds silly that we're even asking that question this early, but 14-year-old kid, stud quarterback, family just moved to Texas. That, that's got to change yeah, some he, things in terms of not only from Kennedy Catholic standpoint, but obviously when Sam Heward enrolled at Kennedy Catholic as a freshman, we saw some of the top receivers in the area go there as well. What, uh, what, how, is this going to be a domino effect? What are we going to see now for, based on this move, and how surprised were you? Um, I was surprised, I would say, you know, Pretty surprised. I mean, the thing that's interesting, and just to give people an idea, well over 6'6", 200 pounds as a freshman. I mean, he's he has yet to play a high school game, so typically I don't like to talk about guys that haven't played a game yet, but there's there's the exceptional talents, right? And well is going to be one of those guys. And he looks like Trevor Lawrence already as a 14-year-old. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't have the long hair, you know? He's uh, But, yeah, I mean, he's got offers from Washington State, Florida Atlantic, Colorado, Arizona State, and he has yet to play high school games. So, I mean, when you start talking about exceptional talents, Welliver is one of those guys. So, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in terms of a, a domino effect, but, um, I mean, Kennedy Catholic, you know, to be able to go from a Sam Heward to a Cole Welliver, they were looking real pretty for the next couple of years. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen now. I'm not really sure if, you know, what what a backup plan is for them. So, um, Sheldon Cross, I will tell you this, their head coach down there, he does a tremendous job and they've got, they've got a really nice, um, you know, coaching staff and those guys are really good at what they do. So I'm sure they're going to find a way to make it work. And you know, that offense, no offense to Sam Heward or anybody, but that offense, the way that it works, um, you know, they run an air raid offense. And I think if, and I hate to say this sounds awful, but I think if there's anything we learned about Wazoo in the time that Mike Leach was here is that. You know, quarterback is is an important piece, but really it's it's a guy that can just distribute the ball and get it out of his hand. And it doesn't necessarily always mean they have to be a great quarterback. They just have to be able to make the right decisions on time and just get rid of the ball and get it to the playmaker. So um, I think they'll be just fine, though. Now, having said that, as a Husky fan, we're expecting big things from Sam Heward. He's he's not just a system yeah. quarterback. No, honest truth, I don't I don't think he is. I mean, I've I've watched him work out many a times, and I've seen him go from under center. He's not a guy that can, or he's not a guy. I mean, I don't know that he's ever taken a snap under center in high school, but I don't think it's a guy that it's going to be a problem. I mean, he works really, really hard at his craft. And this is a guy that I've seen go from under center many a times and his feet are good and his arm strength is good. And anybody that wants to uh, say he's a system guy is out of their mind. So we're talking to you here in January. We, we caught up with you in early September last time on the radio, four months ago, and we were just to that point where we were starting to wonder, what does Ryland Spencer do during the fall, during a pandemic when there's no high school football? So how was that question answered? Somewhat seriously, too, for that matter. I mean, doing a lot of scouting, watching a lot of film. I, I see that you're constantly staying in contact via social media and other forms in terms of getting uh, coaches to, to chime in and 
provide information on spreadsheets in terms of player evaluation. What has the last few months looked like for you? Um, you know, not a whole lot going on. <laughs> so, um, you know, I also do this stuff with the Russell Wilson Quarterback Academy, and so we, we were able to run some camps for a little bit. And then, um, you know, the governor kind of put the clamps down on a lot of things. And so once that happened, we kind of changed our um, how we do things. So um, been a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Jake Heaps and I have been um, – we've been doing these kind of like videos. It's like a virtual classroom stuff to teach quarterbacks how to read defenses and how to game plan for their opponents. And so we've been recording a lot of videos and doing different things, kind of stuff that people just don't really see. You know, so it's kind of stuff that we don't really put out there a whole lot. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, – it's so weird because obviously I want to go watch high school football, but it was kind of one of those times where it was like it was almost nice in a way to have some Friday nights off for once. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I want to watch high school football. So it was uh, – yeah, it was definitely an interesting fall, and there wasn't a whole lot going on. I mean, I got real friendly with my house, and – um, the couch, and I built a little bit of a an office here in a back bedroom, and yeah, I mean, I've got some recording equipment here now to do podcasts and, um, you know, all this stuff, but there's nothing to talk about because we're not playing football, so <laughs> it's kind of, you know, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot going on, but it was also kind of relaxing, but uh, yeah, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to get out and watch some football, that's for sure. Well, and speaking of podcasting, <clears throat> I know you did one the other day that I haven't had a chance to listen to yet, but I'm very intrigued by it, and I do plan on uh, going back and giving it a go. You had a chance to catch up with Jake Locker, the, the pride of Ferndale. Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Tyler Anderson from Whatcom Preps, and if you haven't checked out the site, it's awesome. It's whatcompreps.com, and Tyler Anderson, he also has, it's called the History of Whatcom County Football. It's a Facebook page that he does. And he's unbelievable, and he just has so many people that want to want to help out and do different things. And so we've been doing a podcast for a little over a year, and we get to podcast or uh, excuse me, episode number fifty. I told Tyler, I said, "Hey, we got to do something special for number fifty. Like that's a milestone, right?" And he goes, "Well, what, what should we do?" And I said, "Let's aim high." And he goes, "I could call Jake Locker." I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, yeah, well, you know, like this is Jake Locker. How do we not do that? And, and he goes, "Well, you know, I." I just don't know. I have his number, but I've never talked to him. And I was like, oh, goodness, here we go. Come to find out Jake Locker was happy to do it. And so we talked to him, and, you know, we kind of told him, we're like, hey, look, we actually only want to talk about, like, Ferndale and maybe a little bit of UW. We don't care about the NFL. We just want to talk about high school football in this state and different. So talking to him was just awesome. I think it's like an hour long. I mean, we went for a long time. It was over Zoom. So if you go to Tyler's website, whatcompreps.com, you can find the Zoom uh, if you go to my website, CascadiaPreps.com, you can find the audio version of it. And it's the exact same thing, just obviously one of them has video and one of them doesn't. So um, it's a lot of fun, though. He was, a, he was a really cool, awesome guy to talk to, super laid back. And, you know, we kind of told him going into it, hey, it's just going to be laid back. Let's just talk football and have fun. And I think within a couple of minutes, he realized that we're just a couple of idiots that like to talk football. And, uh, you know, he, he, he was definitely cooler and, and much more, um, you know, open than I was expecting him to be. So did you learn anything from, I mean, give us a, I don't want you to give away the whole conversation. I certainly want to go and give it a listen, but anything in particular that maybe you learned that you hadn't known about Jake Locker before the conversation? There was one really cool thing. I think we talk about it like right at the end of it. I didn't know this. I didn't know that when he runs with the ball that he like stops breathing. He like doesn't breathe as he runs. And so we, we, he kind of talks about it and how, like, you know, he'd break off a long run or something in high school and he'd just be completely gassed, you know. And then he kind of cracks a joke about, you know, uh, sucking oxygen on the sideline. And, I mean, it was, it was actually really cool. Like, um, you know, a lot of this stuff I kind of knew because uh, Tyler does a really good job of, like, letting me know what's up with a lot of people. <laughs> but then, you know, I watched Locker play in high school. And so it was, it was um, you know, he's, he's not new to me, you know what I mean? But, um yeah, it was it was pretty cool. We we also asked him about uh, the toughest places to play, and you know he he talked about some of the schools, uh, you know high schools, and he talked about the Tacoma Dome a little bit and how the turf, you know, not exactly in the best shape, and um, you know it's kind of funny, kind of funny to to hear him reminisce and talk about some stuff. And um, Tyler has a little game that he plays with him where he asks him um, a bunch of questions, and he has to say which locker because there's like 
11 of them, <laughs> and uh, which locker is it that did this thing? And then he gives them a – and Jake was – I mean, he I think he got like every single one of them wrong. You know, and it was just funny because it got to a point where you could tell that he was getting a little competitive. And he's like, man, I got to get one of these right, you know. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was really cool. I, I, it's something that if you if you're a Husky fan, if you're a, a high school football fan, I would definitely go watch or listen to um, to our, you know, I, I, like I said, I think it's like an hour or like an hour, 10 minutes or something. But it was really fun. Absolutely. Well, again, if folks want to get this content, give your website a shout out. Let us know what we can expect in the upcoming months as well. Ho- hopefully, fingers crossed. Football season, not too far away, right around the corner there, and you can maybe get out to some games and at the very least start covering these guys. So I think it's uh, more than ever here a chance for people to start uh, reading up on what you guys are covering and listening to your podcast. So how can they do that? Our website is CascadiaPreps.com. It's part of the 24-7 Sports Network. There is no uh, subscription fee. It's all just uh, right there on the website. And, yeah, we're going to be doing lots of stuff. You know, hopefully we can – Maybe do some team previews. I don't really know. I mean, it's going to be kind of tough to do a lot of this stuff, but we're going to do as much as we can. And there's uh, there's some plans in the work to uh, cover some some other football events that may be going on in this state here soon. So uh, keep an eye out there or follow me on Twitter at Ryland Spencer, R-Y-L-A-N-D-S-P-E-N-C-E-R. Nice. And are you guys going to be doing rankings this year or no? You know, probably not. I was thinking about it, and it almost doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if, if we're not going to be having a state tournament or anything like that, I don't know why. I mean, I should just put I should put together a top ten and just literally name, like, the ten worst teams in the state and see what people say. <laughs> I don't know that I'd advise that, but, hey, it'll get some, it'll get, it'll get some clicks. Let's hey, it's put it clicks. It's Absolutely. Clicks. Well, hey, Ryland, yeah. as always, appreciate you. I know, like you said, you, you kind of pinched in, in in a situation where we needed a guest, and I, I figured, hey – Top of the list. I think two years ago you made four appearances on our show throughout the year. You were our number one guest. I think you've had that honor one other time as well. So yeah. I'm sure it's not the last time we'll talk to you this year. Hopefully the next time we're talking, though, you're out at some games on a Friday night and giving us some feedback as to what you're seeing on the field. Fingers crossed. So, Rylan, thank you for your time tonight. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. Anytime you need the uh, the old right-hander, just give me a call. <laughs> get, get warmed up. We'll, <laughs> we'll give you like an hour notice just to make sure you're uh, getting limber in and ready. That's all I need. There you go. That is Ryland Spencer from CascadiaPreps.com filling in in a pinch. Yeah, we needed that tonight, so th- thank you very much. We knew where to go. You Not bet. that we don't have others on that list, too, but we knew <laughs> Ryland would be solid and never disappoints. Today's show brought to you by Allstate Insurance Agent Brian Reed, Everett Safe and Lock, Ace Hardware Stores in Lake Stevens, Everett and Stanwood, Glass by Lund, the Buzz In Steakhouse, the Law Office of Russell and Hill, Screen Printing Northwest, and by Hometown Handyman. And who did we have on the show tonight? Tonight we had Dan Teeter, the football-slash-baseball head coach over at Lakewood High School, also an executive board member for the Washington State Football Coaches Association. We then talked to NASA Choby, executive producer for the Seahawks Radio Network, who is a Meadowdale Maverick alum. And then finally, Ryland Spencer from Cascadia Preps. And who are we looking at in the... Uh not too distant future no we got a a few people we're working on so i don't know that i want to give too much away but we might even be uh might even have a phone call out of new york next week which could be interesting nyc Mm, no close not too far away so stay tuned keep keep guessing so that's it for this thursday night for steve willett i'm tom lafferty prep sports weekly right here on krko everett's greatest hits sports and more the podcast will be up you can hear the entire show coming up here in about 15 20 minutes good night from everett KRKO Everett, K237GN, AM 1380, and FM 95.3. Your music. James Taylor, Chicago. Beatles. Huey Lewis. Now, more of Everett's greatest hits. KRKO. Stopped an old man alone.